Welcome to the How Great Events Happen podcast. I'm Brooke, and we're coming to you today from our respective home offices in Portland, Oregon. It's time to reconnect with your peers at the world's largest hybrid gathering of meetings, events, and hospitality professionals only at Cvent Connect. As the world moves towards recovery, Cvent Connect 2021 will usher in a new golden age of events as a fully reimagined hybrid event experience that accommodates any attendee preference, in person or virtual. Choose to join from your couch, your car, your office, or at the all new Caesars Forum, August 1st through 4th, 2021. Register now at cvent.com slash connect, and we'll see you there. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of How Great Events Happen. So excited today. I think it only took about a dozen reschedules, but we finally got on the phone. Rachel Andrews and Paulina Juicy. I think I got that right. Right, Paulina? I've been practicing. Awesome. And we're just going to talk about the decision to go hybrid, which I know we're all just dying to hear about because this is something that a lot of planners out there are struggling with right now. You know, they're used to doing the in-person events. They maybe pivoted to virtual last year, but now they want to do both. So what went into that decision to go hybrid this year? (laughs) Oh, thanks for having us. We're not busy at all. We're, you know, three weeks away from CVET Connect, our biggest event of the year. So we have tons of time. <laughs> but Paulina and I were joking last night about the decision to go hybrid. And it feels like eons ago where we actually made the, the decision with our management team to move this event to hybrid. And I think Paulina and I will, will chime in here, but I think for us, it wasn't a hard decision. It was an easy decision because, it, and let me just preface that by saying it was a lot of work. But it was an easy, easy decision in the, in, this, in the sense that we needed to make sure that we were offering an experience to all of our attendees, whether they still could attend in person or didn't feel comfortable attending, but still wanted to experience our event. We wanted to make sure that we offered something for everybody. Pauline, I don't know if you have more to add there, but I think for us, like it was, it was one of those no-brainer decisions where we wanted to make sure our customers were able to connect with us no matter the medium. Yeah, I think you nailed it. One thing I would probably add in there is that, you know, we wanted to be cognizant of the, you know, evolving climate. And just like Rachel said, some people at the time were, you know, completely making the call to not host in-person events. And some people were really eager to get back to face-to-face programs. And so we wanted to make sure that we included our entire customer base in mind with that decision. So yeah, it was a very difficult decision, but a lot of learnings came out of it for sure. And I'm sure it was just the two of you, right? You just sat down, made a quick decision to go hybrid, no big deal, no one else was involved. I mean, obviously I'm joking because I'm sure there's so many people involved. Can you tell us a little bit about who you involved in that decision and what their concerns might have been? Yeah, I mean, in short, obviously there's a lot of stakeholders at Cvent. We had to partner closely with our marketing management team and then of course our executive stakeholders on what the right direction was you know, from a financial risk perspective, but also from a what is best for our customers lens. And then we also had to meet with our tech teams to make sure that this was something that we knew we could already execute the virtual side of things because we were, you know, we, we hosted Cvent Connect virtual in 2020. So, you know, for us, it, it was making sure we had all the right people there, making sure we understood exactly all the different components of it, and then getting those people in the room and deciding it was everybody from you know the head of finance to the head of marketing to our product management leads in technology. Our CEO is very involved, Reggie. 
in making the decision. And, and of course, all of our sales and client service team is super involved because they're the ones that help us support this program from an attendee lens. So yeah, I mean, everyone was in the room. I want to be there when they make the decision in the room, right? <laughs> we, yeah. we had a good time talking to everybody. I mean, it, it, it was kind of a lengthy thing, but we, we ultimately met to decide and make that decision together. So yes, while I would love to say it was Pauline and I behind the scenes as the brains, we had a lot of people weigh in and make sure that this was the right direction for Steven as a company. Yeah, makes sense. And I'm sure, I mean, obviously you guys see the value in hybrid. We see that value here at Steven. We've been talking to a lot of our customers about why you should do a hybrid event. So you don't have to go into great detail, but what are the highlights here? What do you believe the benefits of a hybrid event are? And maybe what are some of the challenges as well? Most notably for us, it's the opportunity for reach. You can reach customers, prospects of people, of attendees who you might not have had the opportunity. Otherwise, if you had done just an in-person event, I think there's a lot of trending topics that are starting to really bubble to the top here. A big one for me that I hope a lot of our attendees see throughout, you know, threaded throughout Cvent Connect is accessibility too. There's a real opportunity for making a larger audience who might not have been able to join us on site, whether it be budget, whether it be travel restrictions, what have you. But, you know, we're also learning how the tech can enhance the experience for our virtual attendees. So we're looking at offering closed captioning for all of our sessions. For me, accessibility is, is a really big opportunity. And we're actually starting to get pretty excited about the tech. There's some cool things that you can start to integrate into attendee profiles. We're looking at including pronouns and a lot of really cool developments that I think start to really embrace this accessible, inclusive environment, which hybrid is is all about, right? It's all about getting the further reach to, to spread your message, the further reach to, to make your customer base feel more communal-like. All of these things are, are quick learnings that we've we've seen from just our, our six months of planning. But I don't know, Rach, if you have anything else you want to add in there. Yeah, I would just say also, like, I mean, definitely accessibility and the and the reach. I feel like the, the reach is just the biggest part of it. You know, for some hybrid events, they're seeing three to six X what their in-person numbers are, especially this year when people are kind of weighing what they want to do. And, you know, even if they're vaccinated, they might not still feel comfortable to go go to an event. You know, I went to my first event at MPI and I was, it was great. It was just like, wow. And, but some people had varying levels of comfortability. So I think that that's one that Paulina covered for sure is just having that ability to, to accommodate all those people that might be in different stages of, we just went through a crazy, crazy time in all of our lives in the events industry was just hit with like, you know, a massive challenge. But now it's kind of a weird time for our industry in general, because we're coming back with what I'm calling a fire hose effect of events. And for me, I'm I'm looking at going to events because I'm I'm probably not going to get to go to any in a, in, a, in a minute here when we have, you know, this storm of live events coming back and still doing the virtual events and hybrid events that we have on the docket probably for the foreseeable future to accommodate this reach and accessibility. But I think the best part is the different levels of interest that you can accommodate to. So like if I'm just kind of passively looking at a company or I want to learn about this one topic, I can watch it online. Or if I'm all in, I want to learn all about hybrid. I want to learn all about how to bring my events, total events program back. I can go to, you know, I'm talking about Stephen Connect specifically. I can go to that event 
all in in person if I want, if I choose to do that. So, you know, those different levels of interest are all accommodated versus before where you'd have to just commit to flying in and that was it. And you could watch stuff on demand later. You can now join and be part of it in both scenarios. That's so exciting. I don't know why. That just gets me so excited to think about that this is, you know, likely the new normal, right? We saw a lot of value in having that virtual experience last year. And we want to continue to do that for our audiences. But, you know, I hear from a lot of planners when it comes to budget, are we now basically putting on two events? Has our budget doubled? Can you guys just give us a little bit of insight into how budgeting is different when you're thinking about this hybrid experience? I got to be honest. I mean, when we when we first started looking at budget this year, you know, obviously we we actually went as far back because we knew that attendance was not going to be, you know, at our 4500 number like it was in 2019, but so we had to kind of go back to the drawing board. We essentially Pauline and I just kind of ripped up our old budget and just said let's start a new to see what we can look at. But then we also looked at what we did in 2017 when our numbers were closer to what we thought it would be, you know, maybe a half of our audience, we started at kind of 50% and then we worked our way back up to what it would be. So, you know, I know that's kind of the standard response right now, but for us, like rebuilding the budget has been a unique experience to say the least. I think some things for us, as far as looking at the hybrid experience, yes, it is two events, but there are a lot of things that are two birds, one stone, so to speak. Like, some of the AV, yeah, we had to increase our AV. We had to add live stream. We had to add some producers to be able to support the live stream components. We have to staff for both sides of things. Luckily, we have an incredible virtual event support team that is helping us with some of that stuff. So there are those components from an AV side that you have to take into account. And then you have to make sure your virtual audience is happy. You have to do unique networking events and things to keep them engaged. So that part factored into the budget a little bit. Also outside of AV, like we had to make sure that the in-person event and the virtual event were kind of similar in some ways where we're offering unique experiences for both audiences. But typically, you know, your budget in person has been the, the biggest part of it. And we have to now carve off a piece of that budget for the virtual audience. So, you know, we looked at shaving off 15, 20% for that audience. But if you think about it from a lead perspective, I mean, if you're getting three to six X, you still want to invest in your virtual audience because you don't want them to have a subpar experience. So for us, it was important, especially for our flagship event, to put a little bit extra in the AV budget to make production actually really good and engaging. And that's what we're hoping to deliver at Cement Connect this year because we we really care about that experience for all audiences. Pauline, if you have any other things to add to that, because I know she and I were in, on the whiteboard kind of debating all of the different budget line items that we needed this year. Yeah, I think one of the things that's, I don't want to say hugely different, but significantly different was when we were looking at our RFP, right? We also, as we were looking back at prior spend, prior budgets for the in-person event, we had to significantly modify what our scope looked like to make sure that we could fit, you know, a square peg in a round hole situation, right? So we modified our scope and we also found a lot of efficiencies through the hybrid planning process and and kind of tying this to that 3X discussion, right? The investment you're putting in is actually getting, you know, seen by 3X more people. Your content can live longer. And so if you were having a budget to develop content for webinars or content for other customer programs, 
and having to outsource that through contractors or an agency. Well, as you're developing content for your event, think about what can be repurposed for those other programs potentially. And then you're not reinventing the wheel and spending a new dollar. So I think that's just another portion of it where hybrid actually does offer some content development meets production efficiencies. And I think that's going to significantly impact our at least, you know, last quarter of the year in terms of, you know, trying to scramble and get, you know, net new content. We're going to be able to work with a lot of stuff that we've been able to develop over these last few months. Absolutely. I am, as a marketer, very excited about this, all of the cool content that's going to come out of this. Well, thank you both so much for joining us. Just talking a little bit about that decision to go hybrid. I'm sure we could talk to you all day about this, but I know you've got a meeting to get to. So we will dig in more after Connect, maybe learn what you learned while on site. But other than that, we're going to talk to you more. So everyone, please tune into the next episode where we will be talking about the hybrid event design. And I will see you two there. Thanks, Thanks, George.